0: Okay, I know I always say I'm going to try and go fast, but this one I'm going to try not to talk and just read the book. Right, Peyton? See it. All right, A Series of Unfortunate Events by Lemony Snicket, Book the Ninth, the carniv- Carnivorous Carnival, Chapter 3. Welcome to the House of Freaks. Besides getting several paper cuts in the same day or receiving bad news that someone in your family has betrayed you or to, or your enemy, the most unpleasant experience in life is a job interview. It is very nerve-wracking to explain to someone all the things you can do in hopes that they will pay you to do them. I once had a very difficult job interview in which I had not only had to explain that I could hit an olive with a bow and arrow, memorize three pages of poetry, and determine... If there is a poison mixture in cheese fondue without tasting it. But I had to demonstrate all of these things as well. In most cases, the best strategy for a job interview is to be fairly honest because the worst thing that can happen is you won't get the job and you'll spend the rest of your life foraging for food in the wilderness and seeking shelter underneath a tree or the awning of a bowling alley that has gone of business. But in this case of the Baudelaire's orphan's job, to interview with Madame Lulu, the situation was much more desperate. They could not be honest at all because they were disguised as entirely different people, and the worst thing that could happen was being discovered by Count Olaf and his troops, spending the rest of their lives in circumstances so terrible that the children could not bear to think of them. "'Sit down, please. Lulu inter- will interview you for the carnival job,' Madame Lulu said, gesturing to the round table where Olaf and his troop were sitting.' Violet and Klaus sat down in one chair with difficulty and Sunny crawled to another while everyone watched them in silence. The troop had their elbows on the table while they were eating snacks that Lulu had provided with with their fingers, while Esme Squalor sipped her buttermilk and Count Olaf leaned back in his chair and looked at the Baudelaire's very, very carefully. "'It seems to me that you look unfamiliar,' he said. "'Perhaps you have seen before these freaks, my Olaf.' lulu said what are the names of these freaks my name is beverly violet said in her low disguised voice inventing a name as quickly as she could invent an ironing board and this is my other head elliot olaf reached across the table to shake hands and violet and klaus had to stop for a moment to figure out whose arm was sticking out of the right-handed sleeve it's very nice to meet you both said it's very difficult having two heads oh yes klaus said in a high voice you can't imagine how troublesome it is to find clothing I was just noticing your shirt, Esme said. It's very in. Oh, just because we're freaks, Violet said, doesn't mean we don't care about fashion. How is How about eating, Count Olaf said, eyes shining brightly. Do you have trouble eating? Well, I mean, we are. Before Klaus could go on, but Klaus said, but before he could go on, Olaf grabbed an ear of corn from a platter on the table and held it towards the two children. Let's see how much trouble you have, he snarled. Eat this ear of corn, you two-headed freak. Yes, Madame Lulu said. It is best to see if, if you can work in carnival. Eat corn, eat corn. Violet and Klaus looked at one another and then reached out one hand to take the other from Olaf and handed it awkwardly in front of their mouths. Violet leaned forward to take the first bite and in motion the corn made a slip from Klaus's hand and it fell back into the table. The room roared with cruel laughter. Look at them. One of them white-faced women one of the white-faced women said, "They can't even eat an ear of corn. How freakish. Try again, Olaf said with a nasty smile. Pick up the corn in front of the tape from the table and eat, Freak. Oh my gosh. The children picked up the corn and held it to their mouths once more. Klaus squinted and tried to take a bite, but then Violet tried to move the corn to to help him. It hit the face, and everyone except Sunny, of course, laughed once more. You are funny freaks, Madame Lulu said, as she was laughing hard to wipe her eyes. When she did, one of the dramatic eyebrows smeared slightly, as if she had bruised a a bruise above her eyebrow. Try again, Beverly an Elliot freak. This is the funniest thing I've ever seen, the hook-handed man said. I always thought people with birth defects were unfortunate, but now I realize they're hilarious. Berth and Klaus wanted to point out to the man with the hook for hands that he was probably equally have a difficult time eating an ear of corn, but they knew the job interview is rarely a time good to start, or start arguments, so the siblings swallowed their words and began swallowing the corn. After a few bites, the children began, began their bearings, a phrase here which means figure out how two people using one Only two hands can eat an ear of corn at the same time. But it was a difficult, it was a quite difficult task. The ear of corn was greasy with butter that left damp streaks streaks on their mouth or drips down their chins. Sometimes the ear of corn would be a perfect angle for one of them to bite, but would be poking out of the other side's mouth. And often an ear of corn would simply slip out of their hands and everyone would laugh at them. It is more fun than kidnapping, said the bald associate of Olaf's who was shaking with laughter lulu this freak will have people coming up for miles to watch them and it will cost all it will cost you is an ear of corn it is true please madam said madam lulu agreed to look at violet and klaus the crowd loves sloppy eaters and you are hired at the house of freaks how about the other one esme said giggling and wiping buttermilk from her upper lip what is that freak some sort of living scarf shabu Sunny said her siblings meant something like or she meant something like i know this is humiliating but at least our disguises are working but violet was quick to disguise her translation this is shabu the baby werewolf oh the wolf baby she said in her low voice her mother was a hunter who fell in love with a handsome wolf and this is their poor child okay that's weird she i mean i don't know i guess right <laughs> i didn't even know that was possible the hook handed man said grrr sunny crowd growled it might be funny to watch her eat corn too the bald man said as he grabbed another ear of corn waving at the young baudelaire here is shabo eat an ear of corn sunny opened her mouth wide but when the man saw that the tips of her teeth poking through the beard he yanked his hand back yikes he said this freak is vicious She's still a bit wild, Klaus said, speaking in high as high as he could. In fact, we all got these horrible scars from teasing her. "Grrr," Sunny growled again and bit into his silverware to demonstrate how wild she was. Shabu will be an excellent carnival attraction, Madame Lulu pronounced. People are always liking violence, please. You are hired too, Shabu. It just keep her away from me, as said. A baby wolf like that would probably ruin my outfit. "Grrr," Sunny gr grow- we okay? Gur, Sunny growled. Madame Lulu, come on now, freaky people, Madame Lulu said. Madame Lulu will show you to the caravan, please, where you are sleeping. We'll stay here and have some more wine, Count Olaf said. Congratulations on the new freaks, Lulu. I knew you'd have good luck with me around. Everyone does, as May know. now, as Olaf kissed, as... As everyone does, Esme said, and kissed Olaf on the cheek. Madame Lulu scowled and led the children out of her caravan into the night. Follow me, freaks, please, she said. You will be living, please, in freaks caravan. You will share with other freaks. Here is Hugo, Colette, and Kevin, all freaks. Everyone, every day, will be House of Freak Show. Beverly and Elliot, you will be eating, pop, eating corn, please. Shabo, you will be attacking the audience, please. Are these... Are these any are there any freaky questions? How will we be paid? Klaus said. He was thinking they might having some money might help the Baudelaire's if they learn the answers to the questions. Oh gosh, it's cold now that you left with a warm blanket. I have this just like blanket that's not very warm. No no no, Madame Lulu said. Madame Lulu will be giving no money to the freaks, please. If you are a freak, you are lucky to have someone that will give you work. Look at the man with hook. Hooks on hands, he is grateful to be doing work with Count Olaf, even though Olaf will not be giving him the, any of the Baudelaire fortune. Count Olaf violet asked, pretending her worst enemy is that the gentleman with one eyebrow? This is Olaf said Lulu, He is brilliant man, but does not say wrong things, but do not say wrong things to him, please, Madame Lulu always says you must give people what they want, so always tell Olaf he is brilliant man,. Mm-hmm. We'll remember that, Klaus said. Good, please, said Madame Lulu. Now here is Freak Caravan. Welcome, freaks, to your new home. The fortune teller had to stop. Had stopped at a caravan with the word freaks painted in large sloppy letters. The letters were smeared, dripping in several places as if the paint was still wet, but the word was so faded that the Baudelaire's knew the caravan had been labeled many years ago. Next to the caravan was a shabby tent with several holes in it and a sign that read, Welcome to the House of Freaks, with a small drawing of a girl with three eyes. Madame Lulu strode past the sign and knocked on the caravan's wooden door. Freaks, Madame Lulu cried, please wake up, please new freaks are here for you, hello. Just a minute, Madame Lulu called a voice from behind the door. Not just a minute, please, Madame Lulu said, now I am the boss of this carnival. The door swung open to reveal... A sleepy man looking like a hunchback, a word here which means a back with a hump nearly near the shoulder, giving people a person of somewhat irregular appearance. He was wearing a pair of pajamas that were ripped at the shoulder to make his to make room for his hunchback and holding back a small candle to help him see in the dark. I know you are the boss, Madame Lulu said, but it is in the middle of the night and you don't want your freaks to be well rest and you want your freaks to be well rested. Madam Lulu does not particularly care about sleep of freaks. Lulu said haughtily, "Please be telling my new friends what they do, what? Wait, my new friends what to do for the show tomorrow. The freaks will, with two heads, will be eating corn, please, and the little werewolf freak will be attacking the audience, please. Violence and sloppy eating." The man sighed. "I guess the crowd will like that. Of course, the crowd will like that." Lulu said, "And the carnival will get much money." And then maybe you'll pay us," the man asked. "Fat chance," please, Madame Lulu replied. "Good night, freaks." "Good night," Madame Lulu replied. Violet, who would have been rather who would have rather been calling a proper name, even if she invented, even if she was the one that invented, simply freak. But the fortune teller walked away without looking back. The Baudelaire stood in the doorway of the caravan that moment, watching Lulu disappear into the night. Before looking up at the man, introducing themselves a bit more properly. My name is Beverly," Violet said. "My section, my section head is named Elliot," said, "and this is Chabu, Chab- Chabo, Chabo," said Chabo the wolf baby. "Grrr!" growled Sunny. "I'm Hugo," said the man. "It'll be nice to have co- new co-workers." Come inside the caravan and I'll introduce you to the others. Still finding it awkward to walk, Violet and Klaus followed Hugo inside and Sunny followed her siblings, preferring to crawl rather than walk because she made it made her seem more like a wolf. The caravan was small, but the children could see that the light of Hugo's candle was tidy and clean. There was a small wooden table in the center and set of dominoes stacked up in the center of several chairs grouped up and several chairs grouped up. In the large corner was a rack with a clo- where a clothing hung on it, including a long row of identical coats and a large mirror so you could comb your hair to make sure that you looked presentable. There was a small stove for cooking meals, with a few pots and pans stacked alongside of it, and a few p- and a few potted plants lined up near the window so they would get enough sunlight. Violet would have liked to add a small window workbench so she could use while inventing things class would have been pleased to be squinting at th- some bookshelves and sunny would have preferred to see a stack of raw carrots or food other than food that are pleasant to bite but otherwise the caravan looked like a cozy place to live the only thing it seemed to be missing was some place to sleep but hugo walked further into the room and the children saw that they were three hammocks which are long wide pieces of cloth used for beds hanging in a place on the walls one and one hammock was empty. The Baudelaire supposed that that's where Hugo slept. But another, but in another they could see a tall, skinny woman with curly hair squinting down at them. And the third was a man with very wrinkled face who was still asleep. Kevin Hugo called up to the sleeping man, Kevin, get up here, we have new co-workers, and we'll need to set them up more hammocks. The man frowned and glared down at Hugo I wish you hadn't woken me up Kevin said I was having a delightful dream, and there were nothing wrong with where there was nothing wrong with me at all instead of being a freak. The Baudelaires took a good look at Kevin as he lowered himself to the floor and was unable to see anything at least a bit freakish about him he st- He's oh so interesting. But he stared at the Baudelaires as if he had seen a ghost. My word, he said. You too have it as bad as I do. Try and be polite, Kevin, Hugo said. This is Beverly and Elliot, and there on the floor of and on the floor is Chabo the baby wolf. Chabo Chabo Chabo. The a wolf baby shaking shake a wolf baby, Kevin repeated, and shaking Violet and Klaus's hand right hand. Is she dangerous? Well, she doesn't like to be teased, Violet said. I don't like to be teased either, Kevin said, and hung his head. But wherever I go, I hear people whispering. There goes Kevin, the ambidextrous freak. Ambidextrous? Klaus said. Doesn't that mean you can write with both hands? So you've heard of me, Kevin said. Is that why you've traveled all the way out here to the hinderland so you could stare at somebody who can write his name with either his left hand or right? No, Klaus said. I just heard the, I just know the word ambidextrous from a book I read. I had a feeling you'd be smart, Hugo said. After all, I have twice as many brains as most people. I only have one brain, Kevin said sadly. One brain, two ambidextrous arms, and two ambidextrous legs. What a freak. Okay, that's not a freak. Yeah. (laughs) It's better than being a hunchback, Hugo said. Your hands might be freaky, but you have absolutely normal shoulders. What good are normal shoulders, Kevin said, when they are attached to hands that are equally as good as using a knife and a fork? Oh, Kevin, said the woman, and climbed down from the hammock to give him a pat on the head. I know it's depressing to be such a freak, but try and look on the bright side. At least you're better off than me. She turned to the children and gave a smile. My name is Colette, she said, and if you're going to laugh at me, I'd prefer you do it now and get it over with. The butlers looked at Colette. And then at another, Renouf, He said, which meant something like, I don't see anything freakish about you either. But if I did, I wouldn't laugh because I wouldn't, that wouldn't be polite. I bet that's some sort of wolf laugh, Charlotte said, but I don't blame Chavo for laughing at a contortionist. A contortionist, Violet asked. Yes, Colette said, I can bend my body into all sorts of unusual positions. Look, the Baudelaires watched Colette as Colette sighed again and launched herself into a contortionist routine. First, she bent down so so her head was between her legs and curled up in a tiny ball on the floor. Then she pushed one hand against the ground and lifted her, and lifted her entire body up just on a few fingers, braiding her hands her legs together in a spiral. Finally, she flipped up in the air and balanced a moment on her head and twisted her arms and legs like a mass of twine before looking at the Baudelaires with a sad frown. <coughs> I, I mean, that kind of thing they do at, sh- at circuses, though. Like, bend your body into, like, a whole circle. They're like, bodies are super bendy. You can see, Charlotte said. I'm a complete freak. Wow, Sunny shrieked. I thought that was amazing, Violet said, and so did Chabo. That's very polite of you to say, sh- said Colette, but I'm ashamed to be a contortionist. But if you're ashamed of it, Klaus said, why, do you, why don't you just move your body... "'Normally, instead of, a, like, a contortionist. "'Because I'm in the house of freaks, Elliot,' Colette said. "'Nobody would pay to see these this body move normally. "'It's an interesting dilemma,' Hugo said, "'using a fancy word here for problem, "'that the Baudelaires had learned from a law book "'at Justice Strauss's library. "'All three of us would rather be normal people than freaks, "'but tomorrow morning, people will be waiting in their tents "'for Colette to twist her body into strange positions.' for Beverly and Elliot to eat corn, for Chabo to give a growl and attack the crowd, and for me to write their name with both hands and for me to try on one of those coats. Madame Lulu says we must always give people what they want and if they want freaks performing on stage, oh, and they want freaks performing on stage. No, come on, it's very late, Kevin said. Give me a hand. Give me a hand helping put up hammocks for the newcomers. Then at least let's all try and get some sleep. I might as well be giving you two helping giving you two helping hands, Kevin said gloomily. They're both equally as efficient. I wish I was either right handed or left. Try to cheer up, Colette said gently. Maybe a miracle will happen tomorrow and we'll all get the things that we most wish for. There's a couple N- left handed people in my class. No way. Do you know everyone's left handed? Mm hmm. No one in the caravan said anything more, but Hugo and Kevin prepared two hammocks for the three Baudelaire's. The children thought about what Colette had said. Miracles are like meatballs because nobody can exactly agree on what they're made of, where they come from, or how often they should appear. Some people say that a sunrise is a miracle because it is somewhat of a mysterious and often beautiful, but other people call it as sim- a simply a fact of life because it happens every day too far too early in the morning. Some people say that the telephone is a miracle because sometimes it seems wondrous that you can talk with somebody through who is thousands of miles away, and other people say it's simply a manufactured device fashioned out of metal parts, electronic circul circuitory oh god, circulatory, and wires that are cut very very easily. And some people may sneak out in a hotel. They say sneaking out of a hotel is a miracle, particularly if the lobby is swarming with policemen. And other people will say it is simply a fact of life because it happens every day and far too early in the morning. So you might think that there are many miracles in the world that you might that you can scarcely count them, but there are so few that they scarcely are worth mentioning depending on who you are spending the morning, gazing a beautiful sunset, or lowering yourself back into an alley with a rope fashioned out of matching towels. But there was one of the boat. But there was one miracle the Baudelaires were thinking about as they lay on their hammock and tried to sleep, and this was a sort of miracle that felt bigger than any meatball they'd ever seen. The hammocks creaked in the caravan, and Violet and Klaus tried to get comfortable. In one of the clothings, and Sunny's, in one of the, in one set of clothing, and Sunny tried to arrange Olaf's beard so that it wouldn't be too scratchy, and all three youngsters. "'thought about a miracle so wondrous and beautiful "'that it, was ma- it made their hearts ache to think of it. "'The miracle, of course, was that one of their parents "'was alive after all, and that either their father "'or their mother somehow had survived the fire "'that had destroyed their home "'and begun the children's unfortunate journey. "'To have one more Baudelaire alive "'was an enormous and unlikely miracle "'that the children were almost afraid to wish for, "'but they wished for it anyways. "'The youngsters thought of what Colette had said, "'and maybe a miracle would happen, "'and they would all get the things "'that they wished for most.' and waited it for the morning to come when Madame Lulu's crystal ball might bring a miracle for the Baudelaires they were wishing for. At last sun rose, and it, as it does every day, very early in the morning, the three children had slept very little and wished very much, and now they watched the caravan slowly filled with light, and listened to Hugo and Colette and, and Kevin shift in their hammocks, and wonder, wondered if Count Olaf had entered a fortune teller's tent yet. If he had, if he had learned anything there, and if he had learned anything there, just as and just when they could stand no more, they heard the sound of hurrying footsteps and a large and a loud metallic knock on the door. Wake up, wake up! Came the voice of the hook-handed man. But before I wrote write down what he said, I must tell you that there is one more similar similarity between the miracle and a meatball, and there and that is they both might appear to be one thing that turns out to be another. It happened to me in a cafeteria once, and it turned out that there was a small cafet- camera a small camera hidden in my lunch that I received, and it happened to be Violet, Klaus, and Sunny now, although it was quite some time before they learned what the hook-handed man had said, turning and turned out to be something different from what they thought when they heard him outside the door of the freak's caravan. Wake up, the hook-handed man said, and pounded on the door again. Wake up and hurry! I'm in a very bad mood, and I do not have time for your nonsense. This is a very busy day at the carnival. Madame Lulu and Count Olaf are running errands, and I'm in charge of the house of freaks. The crystal ball revealed that one of those little Baudelaire parents is still alive, and the gift... And the gift caravan is almost out of figurines. O-M-G. Did you know that one of the parents is still alive? Oh my gosh. Cool. All right, Kittling, we got to get ready. We have to get ready for the day so I can force myself to finish that boring, boring book. Ugh. 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 Ugh.